Good morning, good evening, good night, and welcome to the weekend show. My name is Ken. I'm sitting next to Gar. He's my loyal co-host. Would you ever cheat on me? Would you ever have a different co-host? I don't know. If it got to a point where our schedules clashed so much that we couldn't do it, Or you moved to a different continent, maybe? Perhaps. It's in the pipeline, but... Would you recruit Tanner, who insists he's executive producer of this podcast? Gar, Tanner is nothing compared to you. Tanner's a lovely young man. He is, but he's not Gar. Sure. What about Kermit the Frog? Would you replace me with Kermit the Frog? Let's see how it works out. Like, if you, legitimately, if Kermit, if Disney were like, hey, Ken, we like this weekend show thing, but we gotta get rid of Gar, but in exchange, we're gonna give you Kermit the Frog, would you be like, alright. Gar, you're dumped. <laughs> you're out. Uh, we'll do Rainbow Connection at the end of each episode. Then I'd dump myself, to be fair. To be a listener. Kermit the Frog here. Kermit the Frog here. Kermit the Frog eater. Yeah. He, he's the, Matt Vogel is the actual voice. He did the, the Muppets Most Wanted film was just future Muppets canon. Yeah, true. Because the guy who did the voice of fake Kermit in that film actually does the voice of Kermit now. He's a real Kermit now. He got promoted. After Steve Whitmire was apparently difficult to work with. Yeah. That, that was, the, I, I don't know, what, what was the story there? The story was that he big leagued Disney and the Muppet people a lot. Okay. So he's like, I'm Kermit, there's no Muppets without me. Difficult to work with on set, doing things his way, mm. breaking from the script, things like that, is what I heard. Well, he does do a good Kermit. He does. His he, Kermit's better than Jim Henson's. Yeah, but if you think about it, he probably did it for longer, cumulative, in cumulative, cu- it's a hard word to say, cumulative. Cumulative. Cum- cu- can you say that? Cumulative. No, that sounds weird. Cumulative. There we are. In what you said, years, he probably did it for longer. No, it would have been about the same, wouldn't it? About 25 years? When yeah. was when Kermit became a thing in the 60s, didn't he? I guess so. Yeah, I guess, yeah. So Jim Henson would have done it for around 30-something, and Steve Whitmire would have done it for about 25, 26. Do you think the fact that he had the base, though, learning from Jim Henson, made his better? No, he, his was just better. There was more inflection, there was more emotion, there was more depth. There was just more to his Kermit voice than there was Jim Henson's. Gar, we did go see the Muppets live. We did. One of the highlights of my year last year, if not my entire life. You know, if you know the way there's the film Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes. I think it's a bad film. I beg to differ in some ways, but I I think it's a terrible film. Robbie Malik <laughs> has sweeped the award season. He's odds on to win the Oscar. Really? Oh. But if that film, when they're going like Bohemian Rhapsody, but they cut to Muppet Bohemian Rhapsody, good film. It would suddenly make it a good film. Yeah, so you're going to do your own cut of the film with Muppets Bohemian Rhapsody? Because they do a big build-up, don't they? It's like, oh, they can't get it right, they have to get their notes right, and then it's like, then you cut to the Muppets and Gonzo, and it's like, is this not real life? Or it's just... Well, I, can't, I don't actually know the words that well for a song that I've heard so many times. It's like 15 minutes long. You can't learn the words to a song that's like 75 minutes long. That's like a phenomenon, though, isn't it? Like, where you think the words to a song are something, but they're actually something else. Too many limes. Yeah. Often when you actually hear what they really are, it's actually disappointing. Or Ed's fave. What's that coming over the hill? Is it a bus stop? <laughs> yes. The real lyric is, is it a monster? No, it's a bus stop. Ed, uh, Brother Ed actually thought that the lyric, that, who sings that song? I don't know. One of those kind of mid-2000s bands like Keen that were all the same, but now no longer exist. Yeah, but uh, he legitimately thought that song was, what's that coming over the hill? Is it a bus stop? Is it a bus stop? Much more menacing than a monster. 
It's a much more mundane song. Yeah, so the bus stop is like kicking you and nudging you. Like it's like a Doctor Who plot, really. Like the song's original lyrics are about like an encounter with a strange beast, Mm. but his song is about just his trip to the bus stop in the morning. (laughs) Oh, it's just over the hill there. What's this show about? What's this show about? Good question, Gar. Mm -hmm. As you know, it's been a couple of weeks. Uh, It went from a very quiet, depressing, uh, stingy January to me being very busy because. Last week, or the week before last, I went, went to, to Dublin for the Ireland versus England game. My first ever Irish rugby game, and they lost. Yes, of course, because you're, you're a curse. In convincing fashion. Then the following when you again, you went to London. Yes, I went to see two fantastic musicals and ate way too much food. And then this weekend, we're going to Dublin again for OTT. OTT Homecoming, headlined by Walter versus Pack. AEW versus WWE UK for the OTT Heavyweight Championship. At least I think it's for the title. Um, no, I don't think it is because the, the winner of Devlin and Star gets Walter, but there's it's not like the winner of Devlin or Star gets the winner of Walter and Pack. I guess they kind of need to get the title off Walter because he'll be working more full time with WWE UK. Oh yeah, and get it onto Jordan Devlin, who won't yeah. at all be working more full time with WWE UK. Yeah, David Starr is the obvious option. <laughs> yeah, but obviously Pack might not be able to commit to. Well, I, I think much. yeah, Pack Pack is probably going to be less of a problem going forward than Walter. But you never know. Yeah, AEW are kind of open to people working anywhere they want, partially just to get them to sign deals. But... Well, it depends on the person, uh, which is interesting because apparently most of those contracts are like tailored contracts. You know, like you sign a WWE contract, and the vast majority of WWE contracts are just identical. But for me, I think you need to have, like, attractions that are exclusive. Like, I would have signed Kenny Omega exclusively if I could have, to be honest. Well, uh, he probably wouldn't have signed if they did. <laughs> True. And the, I think... the, the freedom to potentially work in New Japan is probably a a thing that was like, yeah, sure. True. But I'm much, very much looking forward to it. Um, it's it's kind of cool to see that... I know WWE have co-opted a lot of these indies around the UK and Ireland. OTT mm-hmm. are associated with WWE. You know. There is no New Japan talent on the shows there. No, not that I know. Yeah, there's one Japanese or two Japanese talents, neither of which are from New Japan. Yeah, but seeing a show of that caliber, uh, it is what is this? A, a small stadium, but still a stadium, mm-hmm. is uh, kind of cool to see that on our doorstep, isn't it? It's in Tala. I forgot for a while Walter and Pac was the main event. Yeah, I Just, was convinced they were going to pull that match. Well, I was worried about it, but we're what three or four days out now, and it's still there. It's still there. Maybe they're trying to hook us in and then like the morning of they're like, oh, sorry, can't do it. The Fed said no. The Fed said no that you, what is it, all elite wrestling? AW. Uh, they should call it like. It's an initialism. All star wrestling elite. Then it could have been like, oh, as in I'm in awe of this wrestling company. Okay. It's an initialism. It's not an anagram. Anyway, yeah, we're flying without a net this week, so to speak. Mm Mm-hmm. Because we don't have a script. Perhaps that's good. We don't know. Reading is not your friend. But when I looked at this year, Gar, there's embarrassing amounts of big films coming out. It's like hard to even keep Most up. of them are being made by Disney. Yes. But like the, the theme I saw was like some stuff is kind of going away. Well, mm-hmm. going away for now or at least in the form that we know it. And some stuff is coming back. So I thought we'd do a bit of a hello, goodbye. What do you think? And Disney own your life. Seriously, they have Frozen 2. Yeah. Which that's a sequel to like the biggest animated film of all time. They had the Avengers Endgame, which is the sequel to the biggest superhero film of all time. 
And they have Star Wars Episode Nine, which is the culmination of a Star Wars trilogy. All of this, they have like seven other different, like they have Dumbo this year, don't they? Dumbo, Aladdin, Lion King, Toy Story Lion King this year too. And Toy, good God, they're going to make so much money. They're going to talk, like, if you look at the top ten of the box office, I think they're going to fill pretty much every slot. Yeah, stupid company and all their money owning all. It's like they do make good things. It's like while they do own all of these things, most of these things will probably be good. Some of them will be great. I doubt any of them will be bad. But still, they own so much, and now they're going to own Fox, and they're just going to own everything. Good God. Yeah, I think we talked about that, though. That's been kind of held up while they scrutinized the deal. Mm. So what's 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 coming back? We'll start with coming back. Rather coming, than coming back, Gareth. So I, maybe we'll start with a, bit, with a bit of a tweener, because there's one I can think of that's a bit of a tweener, right? Mm-hmm. And that's Toy Story 4. Yeah. Because the original trilogy seemed to wrap up nicely, like it was, you know, done. Yeah. And subsequently, they released some shorts in the new universe, or new phase of the toys' lives, if you will, I'm doing air quotes here. Because there's the Andy trilogy, and now there's the whatever this girl's called. Bonnie. There's the Bonnie trilogy. Well, the Bonnie phase of the Toy Story universe. Oh, I just felt gross saying those However, words. all the promotion, and including Tom Hanks's comments about the movie, seem to think that there's some kind of finality to this one. Well, wasn't there... A, de- a significant degree of finality to the last one. Yeah. This is apparently it's a rom-com, isn't it? It's a rom-com. They're reintroducing Bo Peep, who, yes, I also forgot was a character until I just said it. So. Really? I like Do- Bo Peep. She, oh. was, she was an important character in the first two, who just suddenly disappeared in Toy Story 3. She was, but like when you were watching Toy Story 3, did you remember that she wasn't in it? Yeah. No, you didn't. I'm like, where's Bo Peep? No, you didn't. Don't what? lie. Everyone else forgot about her. Just Bo like Peep's you. not in Kingdom Hearts either. Oh my gosh, continuity. I know. So I reckon it, from the poster, like it teases that maybe Woody is going to leave the gang. That's what it feels like to me. Woody, because Tom Hanks is getting too expensive. Yeah, or too old. Who knows? Woody, well, Allen, Woody Allen's fine. You can keep Woody Allen there with Tom Hanks. Yeah. <laughs> Woody Allen can take over the voice of Woody. You're but, my favorite. I was, I was playing Kingdom Hearts. There is a... Uh, the the voice of uh, of Woody in Kingdom Hearts is Tom Hanks' brother. Yeah, apparently he gets a lot of work like that, like the toys and everything, or his brother as well. Yeah, so but yeah, I, I didn't know that because I know there's Colin Hanks. I didn't know Tom Hanks' brother was in that. I guess it's like, Tom, can we get you to do Kingdom Hearts? It's like, no. It's like, Tom's brother, can we get you to do Kingdom Hearts? It's like you sound more or less sure like thing, him, pal. <laughs> that was my Tom Hanks impression, which is terrible, but. The obvious ending to this film is that Woody goes off and lives happily ever after with Bo Peep, isn't it? Uh, I think there's going to be more Toy Story films, so no. <laughs> you don't think so? I don't think that's the. I don't think they're going to wrap this series up. If they're going to bring it back for four, they're not going to like. They're not going to wrap it up. You know? Yeah. If they didn't wrap it up after three, what's the point in wrapping it up after four? That's a fair point. I don't know. Are you looking forward to seeing it? Are you looking forward to it being back? The trailers have been. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't gotten much of the trailers. I really like the animated shorts. The animated shorts are great. They were great, which, as we talked about before, I did not want to see another Toy Story film until those shorts. Those shorts piqued my interest in seeing more of Toy Story on the big screen. Yeah, and, like, people always give it. It's like, oh, you didn't have to go back to it after the original. Like, the original three are still there. Nothing will ruin them. They're still going to be a tremendous trilogy of films. Even if this film is terrible, which I doubt it will be. I assume worst comes to worst, this film will be affably forgettable. Hopefully better than that. But I think that's the very worst this film could possibly be. Uh, but like those, the first three are still there. 
They didn't ruin Toy Story. Stop being dramatic. The only thing that's worrying me is there's an awful lot more like recognizable celebrity cameos, which seems more like a page from the DreamWorks book. Well, I'm trying to think of the Toy Story universe now. Is there? No, not really. Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, who's, well, very, who's very good in Toy Story too. He's very good in it, but you don't, you wouldn't know it was him really. Yeah. In this case, Keen Peel, who I'm talking about, who are Ducky and Bunny, I think. But they're just actors, Ken. Yeah, but they just hired different actors. They're very recognizable, is all I'm saying. All right. Uh, another thing's coming back, Gar- Aladdin. Arabia. Oh. Big debate over the week on the Twitters and the Facebooks and the Instagrams and the socials about the look of the genie. It looks terrible. It looks really bad. See, I have a problem with these trailers these days that they give away too much on them. Now, I don't like. I don't mind giving them away. I'm just like, I'm just not a fan of it just being Will Smith's face. You know? Yeah. Would you prefer the full CG with his voice? Yeah, I would prefer like the original genie design being voiced by Will Smith, not just. Will Smith's face just slapped. It looks so weird. It, it does look like it's like poorly photoshopped onto like a 3D <laughs> model. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. Although I would have, much like that Godzilla film a couple of years ago, I wouldn't have not have revealed Godzilla or in this case the genie like the coming out of the lamp until the film came out because that's a big moment. But gotta you know, make money those, again. You yeah. gotta get those clicks these days. You gotta make money. Not that Disney needs it. <laughs> And trailers make money by themselves these days because plop on YouTube for fifty million views. Yeah, do you think like big companies like Disney are allowed to make money on YouTube? Probably, I guess. Yes, they do. <laughs> they make more than most, I'd imagine. Okay, I saw the musical version of Aladdin, mm-hmm. Disney's Aladdin, that is, on the West End, and it seems very, very similar to that. And one of my main criticisms of that musical is that it seemed very panto-ish mm-hmm. if you're not familiar with panto if you're on the other side of a pond it's kind of like um vaudeville or community theater deliberately or... slapstick musicals yeah it's like they, they, there's music there's deliberately farcical deliberately slapstick deliberately like over the top yeah just the costumes and everything and the performances seem a bit over the top but the songs are brilliant and apparently there's new songs coming as well so mm-hmm. for the film yeah it's they've shoehorned in another Disney prince as well. It's Why? Like, I don't know. Do you need more? Like you have Aladdin and you have Jasmine. Why do you need another Aladdin? I think it's one of those Scandinavian ones. I can't remember the name. I want to say Anders, but I don't think that's it. Okay. But it, it kind of makes sense though because in the original animated film, Jasmine did have suitors, so you know it kind of fits. Yeah. But it's just Robin Williams again. Yeah. This film will forever live in the shadow of Robin Williams. Yeah. Like that genie performance in different hands would have been really annoying, you know? Yeah. But it's Robin Williams. Yeah. I can't imagine Will Smith singing Friend Like Me. No. In West Philadelphia. <laughs> those, like the hip hop version. Those two songs begin to meld in my head. <laughs> we talked about this when we talked about why it was difficult for Rami Malek to play uh, Freddie Mercury. It's kind of the same thing. A little. Not as iconic or not as uh, bigger shoes to fill, but it's still like quite sizable clogs to squeeze your feet into. Like that genie performance is Robin Williams. It's not the script. It's not the songs are good, but it's still, it's just Robin Williams. Yeah. And that's, that was, Will Smith's a very charming, charismatic man. 
don't shove his face on the genie. <laughs> it's stupid looking. Ah. Also coming back, the Lion Kinger. We've only had one proper trailer for that so far. I honestly don't really understand the point of the Lion King. What do you mean in terms of making it in live action? It's a shot for. It's, well, it's not live action. It's a. It's a yeah, shot it's, for shot. It's it's just fancy CG. It's not a live action film. But like it was literally the fair enough. I have that the whole film could be different. And looking at the trend of these Disney films, this isn't anything new. But it's literally just a shot for shot remake of the animated film with fancy looking realistic CG and less songs instead of cartoons. And I'm like, what's the point? What are you doing? Like what? what like legitimately, what's the point of retelling that story with different? It's it's literally it's a it's a video game. You know, Nintendo last night released, we're talking about things coming back, Link's Awakening. Uh, they, they showed the trailer for it. That's a 1993 Game Boy Game. Boy game. It was then ported to Game Boy Color, uh, which they're re-releasing with HD visuals, which is a regular thing in the video game industry. You know, you'll take a game that's pretty old. The Kingdom Hearts did the same thing with all of their games and just fancy up the visuals. This is literally, this, this Lion King film is a HD remaster. It's, yeah. it, that's what it feels like it feels like a HD remaster of The Lion King I was thinking about this last night and I think we can blame this glut of remakes of their beloved animation films on the failure of their earlier or like the movie studio has gone in different phases of live action films and they had quite a lot of success in the early 80s with kind of original stuff and we had the likes of uh, John Carter. I was going to say, is this all John Carter's fault? <laughs> and the Lone Ranger, which tanked. So they've really, their strategy has been blatantly just to... Dip into the IP well. Yeah, rely on stuff that people have a kind of close affinity or affection for. And, and in fairness, I've liked most of the films. Yeah. I think Cinderella is fine. I think Jungle Book is great. I thought Pete's Dragon was great. I thought, what other ones have they done? Uh, Cinderella? Yeah, uh... Beauty and the Beast, I haven't seen, but it made a ton of money. Maleficent, kind of, is a Maleficent. Stephen Beauty. Yeah, and apparently, like, apparently Lilo and Stitch is getting one. The rumor that came out this week is Night Before, Nightmare Before Christmas is getting one. Yeah. Which, it's like, uh, I don't know, if, if bring something new to these things. Yeah. As I said, if, if The Lion King just turns out to be what the trailer makes it seem like it is, which is a HD remaster of an animated film, what's the point? <laughs> I think we talked about this previously when we talked about the first trailer for The Lion King. I th- I feel like I have less affinity for the more high-fidelity characters than I do for the actual animated characters, which is strange. Mm. Like, I identify more with the characters who look less real. Mm. I'll still see it. And, like, people might come back to me and say, well, people get excited for HD remasters of video games, but, like, Link's Awakening was first released on the Game Boy. If I want to play that game, Ken, what do I have to do? Get a Game Boy? I have to get a Game Boy! <laughs> so, uh, that doesn't apply with copies of The Lion King, which are available on DVD and Blu-ray and digital versions. You can watch that and on any device, anytime you want, basically. Like, what's the point? What value does it serve? Other than it'll make a ton of money. That's the value it serves. But, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the film will be something dramatically different. Maybe I'm ranting for no reason. But, yeah. I'd be curious to see. I know they're, doing, they're not doing all the songs. So that's different. I'd be curious to see if they change the script to suit the new voice cast. Mm-hmm. Well, there's certain iconic lines you kind of have to put in there. Like, Remember who you are has to be there. Everything the light touches, etc., etc. Yeah. Anything James Earl Jones has said. And but fairness, James Earl Jones is still Mufasa. He is. is. Yeah. That was a smart move. Like I think 
that, that's, that's again that's the Robin Williams effect isn't yeah. it you recast, can't stand in James Earl Jones shoes yes recast the rest of them fine by me but you leave James Earl Jones out alone <laughs> he's still alive he's still got the same voice he can still do Mufasa they should they should just like not even have him record new lines yeah. they should just take the lines from the last film Simba <laughs> they could actually do that oh no they can't do the voice so I won't do anymore <laughs> Also, coming back this year, uh, as you, you mentioned it earlier in passing, and it's not as anticipated as the others, but Dumbo. Dumbo. That's fun, okay. Fun fact, Dumbo is one of the shortest feature films Disney has ever done. It's just over an hour. Hmm. I wonder, will this one just be it? <laughs> I don't really have a reference point for this one, because I know what Dumbo's about, and I'm pretty I, sure I've seen it, but I can't remember. I'm the exact... I know his mom dies. She doesn't die to take her away, I think. Whatever. <laughs> Because that's the way Disney films work. You have to have the parent figures removed so people can have a journey of growth, which they've done in every film in the history. Yeah, but I, I'm I'm literally the exact same. He learns how to fly. There's that sad song. There's circus stuff. Yeah, but like I I have no affinity for Dumbo. I don't remember what Dumbo's about, but I've also probably seen it. So yeah. this looks. It doesn't look like full on Tim Burton. Mm. It's directed and produced, I assume, by Tim Burton. I don't know. It's not as kind of gothic as his other films and he's capable of making a lighthearted film because he for some reason directed the Pee Wee Herman film sure so yeah made a good Batman film I'm not sure really if I'm going to kind of rush out and see it but you know I, I often go to the cinema on a whim so could be one of those but yeah I want to see Elite Battle Angel this week so I can't say anything I'll just go see anything there are some key ones we're saying goodbye to this year or well goodbye for now or at least in the starting with the Avengers in the form that we're, we're seeing is we're saying goodbye to the Avengers which we'll see how much that's a goodbye I suppose it all comes to a head now like there's no real blueprint for f- future films with the individual characters beyond the, you know a couple of them uh, they've all seen to wrap up their kind of trilogies in their own films as well so it'll be interesting to see maybe they're just holding them back so it doesn't kind of give away the ending of this film. But mm-hmm. what, what do you think? Are we talking about? We're talking partial reboot, full reboot after this. Uh, dep- I think some characters are dying. Yeah, and they're gone, and then everyone else just continues on as normal. I don't think that. I don't think they're going to recast Captain America or Tony Stark for for example. So they're going to kill them off, or they're going to reboot them, or I think surely one of them has to like. <laughs> surely either Cap or Tony Stark or both. Surely one of them has to die. There has to be some kind of sacrifice, because otherwise... Because we all know they're going to paint themselves out of the corner by using timey-wimey stuff just to kind of... Bring co- everyone back. Conveniently bring They, ha- they back. have another Spider-Man film announced. Exactly. So there has to be something to... And you a know, trailer for it as well. So. Exactly. There has to be something to keep the stakes real or to, you know... If it, if at towards the end we, it, it just looks like everything's gonna turn out for the best and everyone's gonna come back, I think that would let the whole series down. It would like someone like there's no stakes, there's no consequences. This whole thing happened, and it's been undone, and everyone lives happily ever ever after. That's no, there no, has, there has to, to die. Exactly, there has blood. To, Ken, I have a bloodthirst in the MCU. There has to be, as you said, there has to be consequences or a finality to it, or there has to be a cost. So there's a weight to the end of it. And like we we had some deaths in Infinity War. Gamora is dead, Loki is dead, Heimdall is dead. So yeah. it's like, uh, they're, but they're trimming at the edges. You got, you got, you got to swing the axe at one of the mains. Who's your money on, Gar? Uh, I think Tony Stark gets as happy ever after. Mm-hmm. So I think Cap dies. Yeah, he's been the mo- one that's most linked with leaving the role behind. Yeah, because the, well, the, the, there's conflicting reports on that because there was the original reports were 
this is he's done. Chris Evans is no longer playing Cap, and now there's rumblings Chris Evans might continue to play Cap, but there is always some stuff they can do, like they can just make a prequel. They can yeah. still make a Chris Evans Captain America film, but it can just be somehow set before. Yeah, but that would be hard to do with the timeline because he he became Captain America and then immediately he got frozen in ice. So there's not like a period of time where they can just drop a story in with Captain America, but yeah. they they can just make shit up. It also feels like I don't think Robert Downey Jr. is ready to leave Iron Man behind because his career was pretty. I do think his career will be fine afterward. It but... will be fine, but this was the thing that brought him back to prominence. I know he's doing another Sherlock Holmes movie, and he has been quoted as saying he'd be happy to go between those two roles for the rest of his career. Mm. And stuff he's done in between has been mixed. You know, that was that celloist movie, which was an Oscar play that didn't do so well. There was that one, The Judge, which I thought was quite good, but still seemed like Ali McBeal with uh, a twist. Sure. Like, if you look at them as characters, or DJ has Pepper Potts. He has a life to live, whereas uh, Captain America's love interest is already dead after she aged 60 years while he was frozen. And yeah, he's not loaded for, he's gonna die. He'll sacrifice. We don't trade lives, he said in Infinity War. Well, he'll trade his to save everybody else's, and everyone will be happy. Yeah. That film's gonna be three hours. It's gonna be three hours long. Apparently, it's over three hours at the moment, and the Russo brothers are testing it. At like. That film can be five, you know? Yeah. <laughs> the Disney will sit there being like, I don't know if people are going to go see this film if it's five hours. It's like, they would. <laughs> and they'd be they'd sit there happily. You can make it a, an event of, of sorts. You can pause at two and a half for a piss break. It's like, all right, everybody. <laughs> uh, speaking of piss breaks, actually, in the test screenings, which are still over two, uh, the cut now is still over three hours. Uh, apparently, hardly anyone has gone to the toilet during it well I like the legit five might be but they can make it a three and a half hour film and people I don't think people would have a problem with it at this stage unless it's terrible but just wonder does that test screenings they're kind of risky aren't they uh oh no these people signed the the most rigorous of NDAs (laughs) as in it would ruin your life if you leaked anything they they would come for you as hard as humanly possible if they worked out that you broke their NDA yeah, and we always have certain leaks, but I think they control that sort of thing. You know? Yeah, like the, every every video game you've ever played, every film you've ever watched is rigorously test screened if it's made by a major studio. Like the, the, the like most video game companies will hire like freelance journalists to just play the game and write a review. Yeah. So that they have an idea of what's the, what's the what's the feedback, what's the reaction going to be. They test they test review games, not just like public feedback, but they'll they'll hire people to give critical feedback to say, "All right, if we get if we get a critic to look at this game, play it and think about it, what what's what's the feedback going to be and we'll anticipate and fix it in advance." Yeah, but it's just so funny how like, And none of that gets out. None of it ever gets out. Well, some does, but Yeah, but with the internet these days and the, you know, the hysteria over these movies, it's funny how they they keep that stuff under wraps. But as you said, it must be very ironclad. <laughs> As in, like, you'll never again get a... If you signed a non-disclosure agreement with Disney, would you break it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think... Yeah, bring up your watch. Sorry, I need to turn it off silent. Hold on a second. Ugh. My whole bit was ruined. It's 7.31. We're coming for your life! <laughs> Ken has a watch with a Mickey Mouse thing, and if you tap it, he tells you the time. Yeah. We now own your house. Sorry, I'll do the voice. Sorry. We now own your house and the company you work in. You're fired. <laughs> they will come for you and you will never see the light of day again. Yes. We own the prison that we'll send you to in that mock trial. <laughs> oh, but it's yeah. Lights, buddy. Ha, ha. <laughs> I can just imagine Mickey with like a, a nightclub. A truncheon. 
Uh, Gar, wrapping up again this year as well. The recent Star Wars trilogy is mm-hmm. coming to an end as well uh, as well this year. I can I I can be honest. I kind of forgot about it. I like I, I'm one of the people that didn't like the last Jedi. I think that the last Jedi is half a good film and half a bad film. So I can see why people say they loved it, and I can see why people say they hated it because it is half a good film and half a bad film. But it was like after the first film, it was red hot. It came out. Like, I love. I love. Came it. out blazing. I, like I really do love the Force Awakens. I think Force Awakens is a brilliant film. Objectively, it's a good piece of filmmaking. Like if you're going to nominate a film like that for best picture, much better than Black Panther. But I'd say neither is worth best picture. But I think Force Awakens is a much better film than Black Panther. If you're talking about nominations, not wins. But no, no, it's not a best picture film. But like. They kind of blew off a lot of the stuff I was interested in seeing play out. Yeah, I don't like. I don't care. I just don't care about anything about those characters right now. Like, and it's like the, the everything that happens on that final planet is badass and cool, and like everything that leads to that kind of sucks. So it's yeah. That as I said, that uh, that's that's why people are like it's a polarizing film. It's a polarizing film because there's large chunks of it that are good and large chunks of it are bad. So people that love it can find a lot to love, and people that hate it can find a lot to hate. Like, is Kylo Ren good? Don't care. Yeah. But who's raised family? But I don't care. Yeah. Did they, do you think that was a red herring? The fact that they said she was nobody? Uh, probably. But, you know, I don't care. I just... I don't care. I don't care about... I don't even remember John Boyega's character's name. Finn. I don't, I don't care about him. I don't care about... I don't even remember uh, Oscar Isaac's character's name. Oh. Gene Erso? No, that's wrong. I don't care. Like I, I don't. I don't care about these. And I'm like, I've I've never been a Star Wars guy, and I will insist that at least half of the Star Wars films are bad films. But I do feel like they've blown it because I was interested after the first film. No, oh, yeah, I love. For- I think Force Awakens rules. It's, that's a phenomenal film. I feel like there's gonna be a time jump, partially because the end of the last Jedi teased it, mm-hmm. and partially because it deals with getting rid of uh, Leia as well. Getting rid of. <laughs> She yeah. died, Ken. She died, yeah. It's, you're gonna but yes, to... they, they do have to work around the fact that Carrie Fisher passed away. Yeah, and I'm glad they haven't gone to CG route because that would have been just weird. Mm. Or they can't hire anyone. Like, Does she have a daughter? I don't know. Like, I, I think the film starts with her funeral. Like, they jump forward 10 years and she's just passed away or something. And then that that's the spark that launches the resistance against the Empire. Yeah, it doesn't appeal to me at all. I'm sorry. I don't, I'm not getting excited about this. Now, don't get me wrong, again, it will get my money because... It's Star Wars. It's it's huge. And I have that sense of completionism that I want to finish it. Is that a word? Completionism. Is that... Oh, okay. Thank you for educating me. Because there's a YouTuber called The Completionist. Ah. And that's an incorrect word. Uh, completionist isn't a word. The word he's looking for is completist, which is a word. And anyone that says completionist, I, I, I fight back against. The word is completist. They're pushing back on this... Incorrect grammar. I will not let it. The English language is fluid and always changes, but I will resist that change. No. Uh, if it goes in the dictionary, I still don't. They're cowards giving in. Giving in to social pressure to stay relevant in a digital age. Yeah, putting in lols into their dictionary. God damn it. Okay, last one. It's already wrapped up actually because it was released a couple of weeks ago. It was How to Train Your Dragon. Which we've seen. Yeah. Which is a satisfying conclusion to the trilogy, but also the worst of the trilogy, but also a good film. Yeah, so maybe it played out over like less time than Toy Story. So like, I just to give you the context, I was expecting to be more emotional at the end of this trilogy. I would like like we're I'm twenty six, you're twenty nine. Yeah, I would wonder if I was twelve or ten when I saw this film in two thousand and ten, 
And if it were ever like 18, 19, when I saw the third, yeah, where I'd probably be in a slightly different place. But I think like the villain was redundant and like a, a reheated version of the villain from the second film. I think most of the plotting was kind of, uh, but like the central thing of the film about about like uh, saying goodbye and love, I think all of that worked, and I think the end of the film works, and it's a satisfying end. So. Yeah, you raised a good point with the villain in that if you took the villain out of the movie and just focused on the, the struggle or the internal kind of uh, back and forth between is it ethical to keep these dragons as our pets and, you know, sidekicks or should we let them live their own lives? That could have been the kind of crux of the movie and that would have been as satisfying, if not more satisfying. You still have to insert a little bit of danger or a little bit of, like, you know, conflict. But, mm. that could, you know, they kind of inserted that already with the people are attacking Burke, people are, are noticing Burke, you know, and the dragons aren't safe. That could have been the kind of... The, the instigating in- incident. And F. Murray Abraham, very good in it. It's not that his performance was bad. It's just, like, he seemed a bit one-dimensional. In one way, I can kind of... Like, I like a simple backstory for a villain in that he just likes killing dragons. It's just yeah. his thing. He gets off on it. It's his uh, raison d'etre, if you will. But at the same time, he's like, okay, I killed a dragon when I was a kid and people liked me, so now... That's my thing. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit kind of shaky for me. But I think that the second film has a much better villain. It's just like, I want to make the alpha my bitch so I can control all of the dragons and rule the world. Yeah, <laughs> And nice, he's a much better present. It was a nice ending to the series. It kind of, you know, it, it was more or less as I expected. I think that maybe that's why it, it didn't hit or it didn't land as well as I would have liked because I was. it kind of ended the way I was expecting. Uh, uh, spoilers. Uh, uh, they go their separate ways. Uh, don't spoil the film, Ken. I just said spoilers. They can fast forward if they want. It's not even out in America yet. <laughs> yeah, spoilers. I wanted I wanted to say that because I want to explain my, my train of thought here. It's like that. I was pretty much like, okay, there's this world of dragons. I actually forgot about this from the second film, but it kind of makes sense now that uh, Toothless is the is the alpha, mm-hmm. so he becomes basically the Mufasa of the dragons. Yes. Or Simba, whichever one you want. He's probably more of a Simba as a young man. Yes. And man dragon. Hiccup realizes that it's time to let the dragons go and he has to be, you know, the leader that he always could be without the crutch of having the dragons. So it kind of went as as I expected, but there was, you know, some bigger plays that I could have done that might have landed more. You wanted to kill somebody, didn't you? Like I thought there might be a toothless or a, you said Hiccup actually death. Hiccup must die. And they teased it at the end. They killed off his dad in the last one, so... Yeah. Burke needs a leader too, Ken. Yeah, but they kill him off, and then the girl becomes the leader, and, you know, feminism wins. Good. That would make a bunch of young men who watched this film in 2010 and very mad in YouTube comments. But I guess maybe it's because Toy Story played out over the bones of 20 years, I guess. 15 at least. 1994 to 2010. But like it, but it it basically grew with you. I think more with me than you. Just in terms of the like Andy going off to college the year I finished school and went to college. It's like good God, this film could have couldn't have lined up with my life more. But as I said, I think if if the the, the nine year gap of this film covered your childhood, like if you were coming out of school, going to college, saying goodbye to your dragon friends, that I think that would hit you pretty hard. Yeah, so maybe we're the wrong You're age You're an first. old cynic who can't handle love anymore. Yeah. You've already dealt with loss. We've already dealt with it. Toy Story broke me and I, I can't I can't feel anymore. Mm. Now, I would say, you know, it was a nice send-off for the series. Like, it felt there was a nice bit of finality to it, but 
there could be future films either with this kind of you know group of characters or spin-offs yeah so like that's the last thing I wanted to leave us with like, like do we ever truly say goodbye to anything anymore in this age no and like Daniel Radcliffe made news I think yesterday saying just outright he thinks there'll be a Harry Potter reboot and like there will be <laughs> there will 100% within the next 20 years be a re- be a reboot of the Harry Potter films because they'll make a shitload of money not like because there's anything artistically different to do with them not I like I, you could make an argument that like within 20 years everyone that has seen the Harry Potter films will have seen the Harry Potter films you know and they'll become irrelevant and then somebody at Warner Brothers will be like we have this Harry Potter IP line around why don't we do something good with it after the freaking Fantastic Beasts films run out of steam and they'll either do one of two things they'll make a sequel which they could do or they'll reboot it or they could could do prequels you could retool the Cursed Child as a movie I guess yeah because yeah there's even source material for the sequel for the love of God but yeah. How, would, how would you reimagine Harry Potter? Like, what would you change? There's the one thing they could do that I think would ruin it. Harry Potter is a woman? Harriet Potter? No. Sorry. Even I, I, I like women. <laughs> considerably worse than that. American Harry Potter. Oh, God, no. That's the, I, th- I think that's a, that's a very likely thing they could do. And I would have literally no interest in Harry Potter without the British charm. No, that's the thing that still pulls me in to this day. And, like... One thing they're very good at, and I know Warner Brothers is an American company, but like they're extremely good at realizing a magical world, like how it would work, mm-hmm. but like in kind of a, an organic and a quaint way, not just like kind of like oh puff of smoke, like th- like how things work mechanically if they were possessed by magic, but also that it has that kind of distinctly British sensibility, which makes it appealing. Same with the likes of Pennington. Uh, as we talked about. Uh, it also helps that it has, like, every phenomenal British actor of a generation yeah. wearing silly hats and pointing wands saying dumb words, which is great. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not really sure what you could do with a reboot besides a straight, straight remake, you know. They'll just, they'll, they'll just be a remake. Like, they'll just remake the films. They might add some stuff that got cut from the books yeah. back to the films or change some stuff or tweak some stuff or to, like make it an alternate universe they'll or they'll just they'll disney it they'll just flat out just shot for shot remake it in in 8k instead of 1080p yeah i thought there was some interesting things they could have done uh but it might have been a bit too close to kind of like lord of the rings or star wars where you know obviously harry potter and voldemort are linked and there was some kind of internal conflict with him them being connected but like evil Harry Potter is what you're saying. Kind of like, yeah, and, and they, did, they did touch on it, and apparently they do touch on it as well in The Curse of Child, I'm not sure. I read it, I forgot. Yeah. It's bad. But, you know, Harry Potter does have a dark side being connected to this evil wizard inextricably, so... So you're saying Harry becomes the new Voldemort and then we have a whole new Harry Potter... Not so much, but like, if they were doing a remake, I'd like to see them kind of play that up more, like that internal struggle, like maybe... You know, or Harry becomes a new Dumbledore and enlists a new child to do his bidding and to put this life on the line. Kind of like the the Fantastic Beasts movies are doing. They're moving in like kind of more ideological kind of like you know worldview kind of ways. Like you know people who are pro Muggle or anti Muggle. Like kind of like Harry Potter's like you know which side of the struggle am I on kind of thing. You know I I don't know. I'm just spitballing here, but yeah. But they are 100 percent. They'll make those films. I don't know what led us on to that, but. Yeah, people will remake anything. Everything will be remade. Oh yeah, you were saying, is there any finality to anything? And the answer is no. Like, so long as successful intellectual property exists, people will try to make money on that successful intellectual property. 
And it's going to add to our sense of adult anxiety. And, like, you can't blame them, because if you release a new thing, people are so hard to get on board with it. Yeah. Like, yesterday, again, going back to the Nintendo Direct, uh, Platinum Games showed a, a trailer for Astral Chain, which looks like a cool game. It's Platinum Games. They make good games. But, like, you can see it's just people are like, what's this? This isn't, you know, Animal Crossing or Mario or Zelda. This isn't a thing I know. So the burden that thing has to clear is a great deal higher than if they're just like, as at the end of the thing, when they're like, remake of a Zelda game. And I was like, ah! But that's an interesting point as well. It's like, is it a higher bar to clear if it's a new IP? Or is it even a higher bar to clear if it's a known IP? Because if we talked about the genies being much maligned online, and people like seem to want to dunk on things more than but they just want don't to enjoy them. Solution, Ken. Don't make bad things. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we do. In fairness, I was, I was going to defend Aladdin and say they do have a, a few more months to, uh, you know, clean up the CG and make it a bit more less hokey. But it's being released in May, so the film is probably finished by now. Like we do, we live in a hype culture, where like if you announce a thing long enough before it releases, that anticipation will, if like left unchecked eventually backlash against you it kind of consumes it doesn't it yeah the, the hype it consumes the actual thing and then the thing has to be all things to all people to succeed and that's that's the nature of the beast now but if you make a good thing it doesn't matter <laughs> that, that is a good point because like I'm seeing trailers coming out a year a year and a half in advance of films now I think like like it never used to be that way like and I think it's almost like as you say you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot in some ways if it does if it if you build up the hype to be too much like some of the most successful things in recent years like I, I can't think of films but like you know for example Beyonce dropped like surprise albums and it was some of our most well received stuff so like you know that kind of element of surprise and that kind of like, surprise and wonder is maybe better sometimes than that anticipation like I always I was a big proponent of just dropping the second part of Infinity War mm. I thought that would be bonkers if they were just like oh yeah it's out wouldn't that be, you, it'd be hard to keep under wraps, but that yeah. would be amazing. Like, yeah. it would, that, would, that would leak. But it's interesting. Uh, Respawn, video game company, made a game called Apex Legends. It's a free-to-play uh, battle royale game with loot boxes and microtransactions <sighs> made by EA. Like, that is a firestorm waiting to happen. And like they, they talked about this. They said, we, uh, we looked at all of that and said, if we announce this game and say it's coming out in four months... We have all that time to people for people to say it's made by EA. We don't trust EA. It has microtransactions. We don't trust the microtransactions. It's a, a free-to-play game. We don't trust free-to-play games. It has loot boxes. We hate them. So instead of doing all that, they just released it. You know, on February eighth or whatever, they're like, "Hello, we are respawn. This is our our battle royale game, uh, Apex Legends. It's out now. Go play it." And people play it, and it's becoming like a phenomenon. It's a huge success. And I guarantee, and they knew this, and they were very smart about it, but I guarantee if they announced that game, say at E3 last year, last summer, and said, we're making this Battle Royale game coming next year, like the, 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 there would have been a toxicity around it just based on speculation. So that's our hot take for this, or this is our big takeaway from this. Shadow podcast. drop everything, is so, what we're saying. So the hype machine and the anticipation isn't working anymore. you got to sucker punch people. Yeah. Well, it, it does work. Like... Yeah, Avengers has been hyped and like Avengers will make a shitload of money and it'll probably be good Like the, 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 if you make good things it doesn't matter you know if you can live up to the expectations let the expectations run wild if you can't or if you think those expectations will turn against you in some way be smart about it and that's where we'll leave it Karen. yeah that's the that's our formatless weekend show 
It went okay. I feel okay about it. Yeah. What are you most looking forward to this season coming back? And what are you happy to see die? Hopefully not us. <laughs> yeah, please uh, continue to listen. You can share your opinion on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash TWSKK. Or if you're in the mood for a garbage fire that you can't put out, you can share your thoughts on Twitter. Where can you find us on Twitter, Gar? I like Twitter. It's a garbage fire. But, but, you see, we're gonna, you're wrapping up, but now I'm going to talk about Twitter for 10 minutes. Okay. The problem with Twitter is you get out of it what you put in. Uh, for the most part, there are people who are, are, are uh, like, especially women and minorities. I'm a white guy on Twitter. But as a white guy on Twitter, you get out of it what you put in. If you are toxic, if you indulge in, and I, like, I don't have a huge follower base, so maybe maybe if I was followed by 200,000 people, this would be a different issue uh, instead of my 1,500. But, like, if you are pleasant and you engage with people in a pleasant way and you just say, hey, these are things I like, the, uh, or take pictures of your food like you're not gonna get any shit on twitter you know yeah. whereas like Corey graves had a big twitter meltdown over the weekend did you see it no it was a real big twitter meltdown and he's always like oh twitter is terrible twitter is there and he's Haters. like arguing with people and he's shouting at people and he's dun- trying to dunk on people and like you get what you give you know that stuff comes back on you if you're just like Hey, I played the video game. I went to see the movie. This song is great. Oh, that cheeseburger I had is good. What does God do when he farts? You know, dumb shit. <laughs> People are like, oh, a person's harmless. Unless you're a woman, where then a bunch of insecure men will attack you constantly for no reason. But that's a different thing altogether. Yeah. At TWSKK, by the way. Yes, that's where I can find us on the Twitter. Twitter, in fairness, I enjoy Twitter. I get a lot of my news from it. I, 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 it's, a, it's a great pulse for what's going on in the world. But I think it's... It's like anything, I suppose. Like, Don't be stupid. It's like anything in life. Like, It depends how you view it or how you use it. Okay? Don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. Don't be mean. Just be nice. Yeah. Okay, that's it for this week. We're hopefully going to produce an episode next week. Perhaps. We'll I don't be. know what it's about. but We'll record it on the bus home from OTT. Yeah. Yeah, yeah me and Gar, our schedules kind of clash sometimes. But, you know, uh, we do try to produce an episode every week. Mostly on the weekend it's called a weekend show so between friday and sunday you should see it in your feeds sometimes on a tuesday who knows yeah subscribe on itunes subscribe on apple podcasts so you never miss any of the podcasts on the tws network including podcast a week which is more like podcasts than every so often at this point i like i used to make that as a joke but like on the outro i now say you can find new episodes of podcast a week occasionally (laughs) (laughs) like i did that the first time i did that it was a goof now it's just it's true it's true, but there is a new episode wrap, or not wrapping up. It's actually uh, it's in the feed as of Wednesday night or whatever. Yes, I was going to say wrapping up, but I actually meant the opposite of that. It's previewing the year's games and predicting what games will drop this year and mm-hmm. what who will win the day in terms of the big developers and big uh, consoles. So that's with our good friend Tanner, who is a, an associate person of our a network. Person? Not even a producer? No, a person. <laughs> okay. He exists, he's a person, and he's associated with us. He's an associate person. Okay. That's in your feeds right now. Uh, you can find it at soundcloud.com forward slash TWSKK or anywhere you get fine podcasts. I'm not sure if that's true, but I'm just We're not on like Podbean or something, are we? I don't know. Possibly. We should get on Spotify just for the lols. Exactly. We're I think good. they just take any podcast. That they used to be like like approving things and Exclusive stuff. Exclusive content, yeah. Whereas now they're just like, if you want to put your podcast on iTunes, you can put your podcast on iTunes. Yep. We didn't have any sponsors this week because normally I think it's something clever to say, but I can't think of anything to say. I don't know what we're doing next week. We might not even be here next week. We might be dead. Meteor. We might be busy. 
but please stick with us and check your feed regularly because we will be endeavoring to produce content every week or at least every other week or at least as much as we can we're human beings okay we're following our own advice ken go ahead Gar. instead of dropping an episode on a regular schedule at a regular period we just shadow drop episodes randomly exactly creating surprise and delight so whenever you just see a, a, a new notification from TWSKK or the, 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 the TWS Network, whatever we're called on iTunes now. Uh, TWS Network. Yeah. You're like, ooh, it's a surprise. Like a little, like a little, like, what, what's, like a little parcel that you get to open and uh, yeah. discover. And if it's a podcast a week, you probably delete it out of hand. Yes. And if it's a weekend show, you probably listen to it. <laughs> Karen, your content is brilliant. I listened to the latest episode of Paul myself with Tanner, associate person, mm-hmm. and it was quite good. I used the Luigi's Mansion theme to, for the transition, and that's a delightful theme. It is. Shall we get out of here? Yeah, sure. Our theme music is by Blue Wild Productions, and until next time, say goodbye, girl. Bye-bye. Take it easy, everybody. Bye-bye.